0: Mary, guide us through uh, this journey of faith, and show us what authentic faith looks like. Humble young Mary, I love Christmas. You know, James, you were up here last week and kind of bragging how you're the Christmas boy, dude. I am. uh, I'm neck and neck with you, man. Because ask my wife, I love Christmas and Christmas carols, and I love the lights, and I love family and food and. Of course, most women will immediately know and acknowledge that a lot of the burden of Christmas falls on women and not men. Uh, and uh, thank you, thank you for making Christmas so fantastic. I love it. Um, you know, but Christmas has a lot of mixed feelings. So some, some people, it's joyous; it's a glorious season. And for others, it's a painful season. This can be, this can be really hard. And uh, you know, uh, both Todd and I lost our moms uh, this year, and this will be our first Christmas without kind of that family, and you know how it is, oftentimes Christmas can be painful because of those who are not present with you, and it passes through the filter, but there are so many good memories, so many great memories. I can remember when I was in second grade, and my mom was the the, the Brad of our church, the, the music leader, and she had all these choirs, and adult choirs, and children's choirs, and and uh, every Christmas, I mean, massive pageant, you know. And of course, with all the choirs, then you have, um, you have you have the manger scene, and then the, the little kids are dressed up in the shepherd, and um, there's Mary, and there's Joseph, and there's little baby Jesus, and they've got the wise men. And I, I played. I wasn't too good, a little too rambunctious. So I was like number eight shepherd down the road, you know, <laughs> kind of watching this thing happening, full church and music and. And I didn't like the way uh, Joseph was handling the baby Jesus. Kind of bugging me. So in the middle of this pageant, I walked over to Joseph, and I shoved him, and I knocked him down. Little scuffle right there on stage, you know, in front of of the whole church, you know. And then it was weird. I don't know why, but because of maybe my mom's position. I walked up to the edge of the stage, and I looked at the entire church, and I said, my mom and dad are going to kill me. (laughs) Uh, it was a, it was the it was the line of the night. I think I'm not I'm I'm not sure. But this passage that Mix has read, this story that God invites us to find our story in, it focuses on Mary, and we have to ask the question: Why did young Mary hurry off to a town in the hill country of Judea? Mary, maybe twelve, maybe thirteen, maybe fourteen. And she travels 80, 100 miles to get from Nazareth to just outside of Jerusalem. Young girls don't travel alone. But Luke seems to indicate that Mary hustles out of town and gets up there. It's probably in response to Gabriel, the, the angel's announcement. And it's, it's doing things inside of Mary. Mary processing what it means to to be faithful to god and i want to suggest to you this morning as we look at mary's story as we kind of uh you know get in a drone and and get up at a higher level and and go across the landscape of her experience that we'll see a process we'll see a journey and uh maybe even some stages of growth and development and faith and and you may find this Christmas season, in your journey with life and experiences and your journey of faith with God, that you may find yourself at certain intersections with Mary along the way. So, Gabriel comes to Mary, who's a virgin. She's betrothed, not married yet, betrothed to Joseph, who's a descendant of David. And the angel says, uh, You're highly favored, God has chosen you. He's handpicked you for something amazing. And you're going to bear a son. I'm a virgin. And the Holy Spirit's going to be involved in this. God's going to, behind the scenes, make this happen. And look at what she says in verse 29. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. I I suggest that Mary starts on the path with these two words, trouble and wonder. Mary, your life is going to be turned upside down. She was greatly troubled. She was afraid. She wondered what this meant. When Luke puts this feeling of trouble on Mary he uses this word that really is talking about being deeply agitated. Have you ever been struck with just what is going on? Where God has done something and moved in a way in your life, life experiences brings you to the point where you can't sleep, you are agitated, and even means to to engage in, in arguing with God. That's what Mary's doing here. She's troubled. She, she's like, well, wait a minute, God. I'm, I'm not sure I'm ready for this. I'm not sure this is the journey I want to go on and wonder. It's, it's, it's Mary engaging her mind. To wonder is to ponder deeply. It's to add things up. It's to weigh it out. She's really, She now is fully engaging her, her rational senses to go, I got to think about this. Got to weigh this out. I'm not sure, God, I understand what you're talking about here. Trouble and wonder, it's that place where your mind is engaged and your emotions oftentimes are set on fire. You're just not sure. You're just at a point of kind of waiting. You know, pregnancy is an amazing thing. I say that from a great distance. I watched my wife. Give birth. I did all the breathing classes, all that kind of stuff. We got in there for delivery, and of course she's breathing. She's going through labor. It's super intense for her, and I'm trying to coach her. And there's a nurse over my shoulder, and she's like, "I'm the rookie." She's saying the. the and Cynthia says, "Hey, wait, stop! Everyone, stop!" I can't listen to two people. I choose you. She points <laughs> to the nurse. All those classes. All that study, intensive (laughs) assistance to my dear wife out the window. (laughs) But Mary's pregnant. I don't know what that's like. And so I thought, you know, pregnancy can bring great joy, but it also, for those who can't get pregnant, it's it's a weird thing. Elizabeth, you know, I mean, she could not get pregnant, and way past bearing years, she becomes pregnant. This And Mary never, hadn't even thought about it. And now she becomes pregnant. So I thought, why don't we hear from someone who is obviously pregnant amongst us. Tara, would you come on up here? And uh, I want to I hear from Tara. I want you to hear from Tara. And I, I, I talked to Tara, and, and uh, we talked about, you know, what, what are the joys that you're feeling right now? But also maybe the fears or some anxiety that, that might be coming with this or what you're thinking about, uh, living with Matt. I mean, that's got to be. Where are, you, where are you going, Matt? <laughs> hey, dude. Hey, Matt. High five, buddy. Way to go. Um, well, you know, what's it like having a human being growing Inside of your body, so Tara, thank you for ju- just fill us in a little bit of your life.
1: <laughs> okay, so the joys we'll start there. Yeah. So I think, um, I think when I think about the overarching feeling of pregnancy, it just feels like this really undeserving gift. And I know friends who haven't been able to get pregnant, and I know, um, I don't know. It just seems like something that. Um, I have no control over, and God has, you know, he is in control right now, and in a whole new way that um, I've never experienced, and it feels like um, like this miracle, you know, when you have a, an answered prayer, and you call it a miracle, it's outside of you, and I feel like every day I wake up, and a miracle is actually happening inside oh, of me, God. and I don't have anything to do with it. Um, God is just continuing it on, and it's really mind-blowing to me, and it's humbling that that I get um, to carry this gift. And um, and then for the anxieties, it's also stressful because I have no control over it. I have, I'm very aware that I'm not in control of anything right now, so I'm not in control of how I'm going to feel each day or um, <laughs> um, the development of the baby or if he's healthy or, um, so many things. And, um, as I was thinking about Mary and just preparing to think about today, um, I started thinking a lot about birth and labor. And I don't think I had stepped into that fully (laughs) until now. And I don't think I've thought about how traumatic and primitive it is (laughs) until now, and that was really overwhelming to realize, and it's only eight weeks away, and um, realizing that I get to go through that in a hospital with an epidural if I want, and doctors, and um, I'm still terrified of it, and then thinking of this 12 or 13 year old going through that, she's probably just gone through puberty. So she's already, she just needs a break from change probably. And then now she's getting ready for her body to do a whole nother number of crazy things. And, um, and she's probably just trying to be cute for Joseph and you know, they're all in love and she just (laughs) wants to be lovely. And now she's got to go through all this. And then, um, as I was thinking about birth and labor, I was thinking about um, how I don't know what I'm doing and Matthew doesn't know what he's doing and um, we're totally dependent on other people to kind of make sure that everything goes well in case there are interventions needed or anything and I was thinking about how um, Mary didn't know where she was going to have a baby or who was going to be there and the Bible doesn't say anything about anyone else being there I don't think and so here she's in this dirty cave her barn and maybe Joseph delivered the baby. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That was crazy to me to think about. <laughs> trusting Matthew to be there to figure this out with me. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, you caught it, right? <laughs> you know, I don't know. That just sounds terrifying and and what a bonding experience. I don't know. It just sounds so stressful thinking about all the unknowns leading up to that for her and yeah. for me, let alone her. And um, being so young and unprepared and um, she didn't even have um, all these breathing methods or parenting books to read or anything. So, yeah. I don't know. That's awesome. kind of a little bit about the joys and anxieties, Good. I think.
0: Thank you, Father. Tara. Awesome. That is, that's just, that's beautiful. No wonder Mary was troubled and wondered, what is going on? on here this is too crazy on so many levels yeah 12 13 14 years old which by the way was the normal time for girls in that culture to get married and not that unusual to get pregnant but the circumstances are so unusual an unwed teenager in this culture would live with nothing but shame and ridicule likely being outcast, set aside by Joseph, her family, and the entire community. Her whole life was on the line at this moment. And God, he's not afraid to disrupt our lives. And we think, oh, man, wait, wait a minute. I'm not sure. Maybe that's where you're at with God, you know? It's like, oh, he's not afraid of it. He's not afraid of causing us to, well, begin to argue with him and to push back a bit on him. I was reading Philip Yancey. He wrote, The Jesus I Never Knew. This is what he says. Today, as I read the accounts of Jesus' birth, I tremble to think of the fate of the world resting on the responses of two rural teenagers. How many times did Mary review the angel's words as she felt the Son of God kicking against the walls of her uterus? How many times did Joseph second-guess his own encounter with an angel as he endured the hot shame of living among villagers who could plainly see the changing shape of his fiancée? So in verse 34, what does Mary say to the angel? How will this be? How will this be? I just want to affirm that in spite of what God does and how he disrupts our lives, he welcomes our doubts, our questions, and our arguments. And I want to say this specifically to those of you that are under 18 years of age. We sometimes have this idea that, well, if I'm a faithful Christian, I won't have any questions. And I want to say the journey to faith is through the pathway of doubts and questions and wondering and arguing with God. It's okay. It's okay to wonder. It's okay to ask questions. And we, just, we, want, we want the river community to be the safest place to say, I don't get it, and I don't like it. What's up, God? And to be able, at this stage of life, to ask your parents questions about God, your teachers, your youth pastor, all the small group leaders that lead in small groups. It's okay. In fact, it's important To articulate those questions. Zechariah in verse 18, he had doubts. He said, How can I be sure? to Gabriel. But really, that that was the doubt requesting a sign. Zechariah kind of had a closed mind. No, 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 no. This can't work this way. It's never worked this way. And he ended up being mute for a season. Mary's doubt's a little bit different. How will this be? This is the doubt that requests an explanation. God, I'm I'm trying to work with you here. Help me out. It's an open mind. There's a vast difference between the doubts of the closed mind and the open mind. So here, there's a focus on Mary, but it's the Holy Spirit, it's God behind the scenes that's going to bring about this baby. The person in this phase of trouble and wonder there... they're they're slightly open to the possibility that life could mean so much more than they ever thought was possible. So what does Mary say in response to the angel when he says in verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. Wonderful promise during this season. No word from God will ever fail. What does she say? Verse 38. Open arms, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. She's kind of growing up and moving into a a new phase. From trouble and wonder to now what I would call surrender and intent. Before her emotions and her mind were fully engaged... Now I would suggest in surrender and intent, it's her body and her will. She's saying, okay, God, like Tara, my body is yours. I don't have total control over this, but you can use my body for your mission. And I'm intent on being a participant in that mission. What a ride. Here we go. I don't understand everything, but I surrender. You know, sometimes we surrender because we're so tired of the pain in our lives that we say, uncle, we say, okay, God, I give up. Therapists will say that sometimes, that someone's behavior, sometimes it doesn't change until there's enough pain that they'll go, okay, I'm, I can't live this way anymore. But Mary, Mary had this courageous intent. It's what Dallas Willard talks about when he talks about You need a vision of what you want your life to be like. And the angel Gabriel gave it to Mary. But with that vision, you also need an intention. I want this to be true. That's what Mary says in verse 38. May it be, may your word to me be fulfilled. Okay, God, I'm on board. Let's go. I want this to be true. I want this picture that you've painted out there. I want it to be true in my life, in my world, and in my body. doesn't make sense to me, but I'm willing to move forward. Maybe that's kind of where you're at, you know? It's like you've struggled, you've fought, you've argued, you've wrestled. But there's this sense of, okay, I'm in. I don't, I don't know everything about this Jesus story. I don't know everything about what it means to be faithful. I got this past. I got these, these questions, but you know what? I'm going to jump on. I'm going to jump on with these people, and I'm, I'm moving forward. I don't get it. I don't know how it's all going to work out. I'm scared, even, what it might mean. Think of how scared Mary was to participate but she said, okay, I, I don't know how to do it, but I'm in. I'm okay. You know, at this point, Mary's only credentials is she was available and responsive. That's, that, that's what God asks. That, that's all he asks of us is to say, here I am, Lord. I make myself available to you for whatever you want. I will do what you want me to do, and I will go where you want me to go. That is a foundational faith statement. I'm yours. I surrender. So she hurries off to go see her relative, Elizabeth, 80 miles away. Wonder why she left. Scared to death. Ashamed. Maybe she just said, i got to find someplace safe. i got to go. And she was with Elizabeth for three months. And Elizabeth hears her voice, and John the Baptist leaps in her womb and uh, is jumping for joy. Have you ever felt your baby jump for joy in there? Yeah. That, that's, I mean, it's just amazing. And sometimes I'm sure, like, I'm hungry. Feed me, you know. But... Uh, and Mary and Elizabeth was, was, was filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, when I think about the relationship between Elizabeth and Mary, I think how beautiful it is when an older woman takes a younger woman under her arms, under her wings, and mentors her and, and walks her through things like pregnancy and, 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 and marriage. And think of the help that Mary received from Elizabeth. But while Mary was the younger one and Elizabeth was the older, in this honor culture, everything is reversed. Now Elizabeth is saying, blessed are you. You, You're the most favored mother of all history. And she says, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises. And then as mixed red, he led us into Mary's song. And I think this moves us into kind of this third stage, this third development of maturity from trouble and wonder and then on to surrender and intent. I see in Mary's song glory and declaration. Her mind, her emotions, her body, her will... And here is Mary's spirit. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Father and God my Savior. Her spirit, but also now her calling, her her declaration. Mary now understands that she has a pivotal place in history. Mother, I mean Mary, The mother of my Lord, Elizabeth calls her. Imagine. Imagine being in that role. Do you know, though, in one sense, that's our calling as well. When we come to Jesus and we say, I don't get it all, but I surrender to you, I say yes to Jesus, come into my life, make me a new person. May I experience the forgiveness that you've offered in the cross You know that the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit, just like for Elizabeth, the Holy Spirit comes inside of us. We become like Mary. We become a receptacle of God and his glory inside of us. And that's what glory really means. It's a glorious season. And when Mary magnifies the Lord, when Mary gives glory to God, she's just merely reflecting his beauty, and his holiness and his love and grace to the world around them That's what God wants. That's what he's forming in his people, is a people who will glorify God by reflecting him out so that when people that don't know God, people that that have closed minds, people that have resisted the love of Jesus, they'll, they'll look in and they'll see something shining, something bright. Why is this a glorious, joyful season? It's because God has acted on our behalf. You know where Mary is located? She's a young Jewish girl. She's part of Israel, the chosen people of God, but they're living under oppression. And you know the time when the, what we call the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, ends, and the angel Gabriel talking to Elizabeth and Mary, it's what... We call the 400 silent years when the prophets went silent. God was no longer raising up people. It's the time when God stopped talking. You imagine? But God, and now the Roman oppressors, with their power and their might, the might of their arm, pushing them down. Mary has nothing. Nothing to offer. And if you read this song, it's not only beautiful, it's not only full of praise and full of glory, it's incredibly subversive and dangerous. It's dangerous for a a zealot to cry this out. It's dangerous for a priest to cry this out. But for a 13-year-old girl, so brave, so courageous, such wisdom. This journey for Mary has captured her mind, it's grabbed onto her emotions, it's filled her body, it's impacted her will. Resonated from deep inside her spirit and her soul. This, this faith journey, it's a, it's a whole body thing. Jesus comes and he, he wants to capture all of us, every bit of us. And yet he meets us along the way when we say, I don't know if I'm ready yet, but he will relentlessly invite us to take the next step further. And maybe the cycle goes over and over again. We think, oh, God, yeah, I'm I'm leaning into my calling. I'm I'm part of your great mission in this world. And then the trouble comes again and causes us to wonder. And over and over again, we say, God, I want to surrender again to you. I'm in. I don't get why this is happening to me. But you've been faithful, just as Mary sings you've been faithful, God, through the generations and on to the next generation. And though in Mary's current situation, none of what she was saying was tangibly true when it comes to one's pocketbook and when it comes to one's living situation and the amount of food one has accessibility to. Even when none of that was true, the Holy Spirit used Mary as a young girl to declare was going to be true. And it's amazing to me that here we get the opportunity to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And yet each Sunday morning as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, we go to these tables to go to the crucifixion of Jesus. Because it's a package. The Savior that was born, a king without a crown, was destined to die in our place on the cross. God knowing that on the third day he would raise him up again to make Mary's song a real potential for you and me today. So wherever you are in this journey, you're in a season of real trouble. Or you've moved to that place of resignation or surrender or hope, where you say, okay, God, I'm in. I'm going with you. Or maybe God is using you in just amazing, surprising ways with your, the articulation of your story, bringing hope and encouragement to other people. Or the generous giving that happened yesterday through the Martin home. Oh, my friends, Mary's song was for these guys as they shared their testimonies. They are so thankful for the River Church and for what this church has meant to them. Not just the tangible gifts, which are very real and very needed, but the welcome and the fellowship and the partnership. They feel like they're part of us. Wherever you're at, when we come to the table this morning, just come and and feast on Jesus drink him in and bring wherever you're at to him because he wants to meet you let's pray together, the band's going to come up and when you're ready, come to the table the broken body of Jesus and the shed blood on our behalf providing forgiveness of sins and maybe this, this might be the first time that you come and say Jesus, wash me clean I'm done fighting You are welcome to this table. Thank you, Father. Thank you for Mary. Thank you for your choosing. Mary, you you turned all of our status ideas and honor codes upside down. God, it's it's so crazy that this was your plan through an innocent young child. And the risk you took to place a helpless baby into a rough world. And yet you saved us. And for that, we are thankful. God, receive us at your table. Receive us where we're at with all of our messed up lives and all of our concerns and all of our doubts and our arguings. God, give us that sense of hope and calm to trust you today. In Jesus' name, amen.